and welcome to Book Horde. I'm Megan. And I'm Denise. And today we are talking about the lovely book called Aisha at Last by uh, Uzma Jalaluddin. Um, and it is like a modern retelling kind of of Pride and Prejudice, my personal favorite, um, in a modern setting with um, a Muslim flair. It's a Muslim cast of characters and culture in um, Toronto, Canada. Heck yeah. So if everyone can tell who chose this book. <laughs> Was it me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't even remember? I, like, give you a list, I, and you're I, like, I like that one. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think because I, like, when you gave me the list, like, I recognized the name because, like, I'm going to recognize the name of a retelling, like, really? of Jane Austen. Like, that. I guess it's true. Yes, it's me, Denise. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I think I've seen that, like, in a retelling list or something. Mm. Let's read that one. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is why I suggested it because I figured it would be more lighthearted and more fun to read. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm glad you went with it. What were your thoughts, especially knowing it was a retelling? What What were you thinking? So, um, do we want to... Okay, so I gave it a four out of five stars. I gave it a four stars. What did you give it? I think I gave it, like, I think it was 3.5 stars and I rounded up. I think I was, yeah, I think yeah. I was the same way. And here's why. I think think she tried to lean into the retelling a little bit too much towards yes. the end yes um not there wasn't that much in the beginning and I really liked the beginning mm-hmm. but then at the end I felt like we actually got some like random like character changes yes from some yes. characters Definitely to make it fit that. with the retelling okay I feel like we might be talking about the same thing so Let's start at the beginning. I really liked the beginning. Um, I, I do want to say, like, to start out, I feel like it, she kind of, I feel like the marketing person or whoever decided to put it as a retelling kind of shot it in the foot, like, metaphorically, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like... Which is what happens a lot. I feel like it's... It would have been better to say that it's inspired by Pride and Prejudice, and that way you don't feel, and as an author too, you don't feel obligated to follow a lot of the main events of the original story. Because mm-hmm. when I saw the Goodreads review, the first thing I saw was retelling, and I was like, oh, okay. And then most of the book was not at all like the original yeah. book. And well, most of the book did have more of that inspired by mm-hmm. um, kind of feel to it. It wasn't really until like closer to the end yeah. that it became more of a retelling, and I thought that was to its detriment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so let's get started with. Okay, so we meet. Um, it starts out with. Khalid, Khalid, mm-hmm. uh, like it's like it starts out with his point of view. He sees Aisha, um, our main girl, um, like running out in a brightly colored um, 
hijab. Sorry, my brain like my brain blanked for a second. <laughs> uh, she he comes she comes right out with the brightly colored hijab. Um and she's oh, yes. carrying like a coffee mug. Yes. She's running to her car. She's obviously running late. And she's like hiding yeah, like, from so- she suddenly sees someone and is like yeah, hiding behind hiding her car. Yeah. And then as she like drives off, she forgets to get the coffee mug from on top of the car and he just watches <laughs> so, like, it, it splatter across the road and her drive <laughs> off. And he's like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> and he is definitely intrigued by her um and he tells us that he is a very traditional muslim uh he wears the traditional male um muslim um outfit i forget what it's called that's probably what we should have wrote down and not the (laughs) character names i just know the Um, robe no the white robe it's like yeah it's like a that white robe um you know, people to be assholes would call it a dress, you know, quote unquote, um, when they're being assholes, you know. Um, yes. He has the traditional beard. He wears the traditional um, head covering. hat on his head, head covering um, on his head. Uh, and he doesn't believe in being alone with women. Uh, it's a lot more talking, traditional and follows like yeah. exactly well, what the and I Quran think like it's actually out. like yeah I think it's exactly what like they have to do. Um, he's not supposed to talk to women outside of his family, I believe. Um, and he doesn't look women in the eye. Does everything he cannot to, to like mm-hmm. to physical touch them, contact like, as well. Physical contact, uh, which includes handshaking, even in the business atmosphere, um, and. Which to me, fine. I say, let's all do that. But <laughs> um, he is very traditional, whereas Ayesha is definitely more has definitely has more of a modern flair yeah. on um, her Muslim religion. It, it's still Fair. important to her. Yeah, but she is she believes in making modern. Um, modern and even cultural like canadian cultural changes to the religion when Mm -hmm. needs be um she definitely believes in that yeah uh, and she's a lot more outspoken um than Mm -hmm. the other uh female members in her family she's a lot Mm -hmm. more willing to speak about what she doesn't agree with and she's trying to not just because she's an older and i use air quotes when I say that <laughs> I know an older um, woman that's unmarried does not have a family is not sticking to what has been set out for her especially by her family um, mm-hmm. as as for what she needs to accomplish in order to be like a successful woman um, mm-hmm. and she's not she's she's not following that role set out for her and so she's having to cope with like all these comments from not just her family but other people in her in her um, community that uh, really want her to stick to the path while also telling their own children like hey don't be like Aisha like you know look at what yeah. happens while also trying to yeah. like find out for herself like what she wants especially with her poetry. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Um, she is a poet. And she would love to have that be her career. But obviously, like most artists find, uh, it's hard to have your art 
be your career. Uh, So she actually gets a job as a substitute teacher. And, um, and teaching is a job in her family and community that people are more okay with. They would rather their women not have jobs, but for them, her teaching, they're like, okay, that's an appropriate job for you to have until you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, it's like treading that line, right? Like she wants to be, she wants to go against the thread, but she still also kind of stays in there, you know? Um, and I would say one of the things I didn't like about the book was we hear how important her poetry is, but we don't get to see it all that often. I kind you know of... we see it in some scenes, mm-hmm. but not that much. I kind of in like my that about her character, especially with <clears throat> how at the end, I think even Khalid points it out to her, where he's like, you know, you try to say how, yeah. Like, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he pointed out to her that she doesn't even commit to her poetry, which she said, which Mm. she says even is like one of the most important things for her. And I think, yeah, like I kind of felt like that was a little bit relatable. And I feel like a lot of Mm -hmm. more people will relate with that, where it's like you Mm might have had a passion even growing up. And it was much easier when you were like growing up and you could just like, you know, scribble in your journals. But it's another thing as an adult to commit to it and actually like go anywhere with it. And I feel like you see a lot of books where the main character is like in her like spare time whenever she can she's like you know doling out novels Mm -hmm. and and then we have Aisha who's like even if she sits down to write a poem it's probably like every couple of months and I like yeah I thought that was good to see you've talked me around to it you've (laughs) talked me around to it because that's true I remember being I loved writing growing up I used to write all the time and once I went off into the real world I don't write anymore um I always think about how much I would love to start it again but then it's like so tired I just want to go back I'm just want to go bed after work you know what I mean even think about reading books too which you know we both love and even like have a podcast surrounding it and it's still like (laughs) how often do you feel like like sitting down and reading and like the accommodations you've had to make over the years just to make sure you're still reading books (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, you've talked me about <laughs> it. I don't, I don't dislike that part anymore. Yeah, and I feel like I love seeing that, like her journey, especially with Khalid even buying her a journal and like wanting to support mm-hmm. her, even if he doesn't see her supporting herself. He's like, you need to do this for yourself too. You know, follow your passion. Khalid is a cinnamon roll who I just loved, by the way. <laughs> I know. From the beginning, I was like, how is he Mr. Darcy? Like, Mr. Darcy started out an asshole that, like, you know, you warm up to. But, like, this guy's well, just... <laughs> I think it, it's the it's the thing that, like, was Mr. Darcy an asshole? Or were we seeing him from other people's point of view and thinking he was an asshole when really he was a cinnamon roll at heart, like he is later. Like, Khalid, she, like, we get a lot of Khalid's point of view. We don't get Darcy's point of view. I guess that's true. So Okay, you're warming me up to Darcy now. (laughs) 
<laughs> we get a lot of Khalid's point of view, which I did really like. I wasn't expecting it once again because of that retelling aspect. Absolutely. But like we literally started the book with his point of view and I actually quite liked that. Especially with, you know, him dealing with his own issues. It's not just surrounding mm-hmm. finding a wife. He's dealing with um uh, racial discrimination at work. He's oh, having to deal God. with like, you know, his mother and like what the mosque means for him, but what other people like interpret, you know, his religion to be and him having to like mm-hmm. You know, him knowing who he is and what he follows, but, like, what other people are seeing. And, like, I loved how a a lot of her characters were very three-dimensional. Like, they had a lot more going to them than just, like, the plot, the main plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... So, the um, workplace discrimination I found to be a very good um, addition to the plot and I, I I liked seeing it I liked seeing how a lot of that was like you know how we talked we just talked about Mr. Darcy and how he was perceived I feel like that was actually a really good um interpretation of how someone like Khalid could be like a Mr. Darcy like and be mm-hmm. misunderstood because um he has that new boss, but she's female, and he doesn't shake her hand. And he explains it to her, but she still is offended by it. And he says, like, he has no problem having a woman as his superior. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's not the issue. But, like, he's not going to physically touch her, you know. He's not going to look her in the eye. And it has nothing to do with her being a wo- Well, it does have her <laughs> do with her being a woman, but, like, it has to do with, like, his religion and mm-hmm. her being a woman, not him being like, oh, God, a woman in charge? I hate yeah. that. Like, that's not what he thinks. And um, I really liked that. I wanted to punch his boss in the face. It, oh, absolutely. Especially, I love seeing how, like, like, towards the end, he did have to do one scene where he changed, like, he did have to dress, like, more modern mm-hmm. just to, like, get what he needed. But it wasn't an arc for his character where he had to like like change completely how he dressed or, or anything mm-hmm. just to get accepted at work and I love that like his him sticking to who he was. And I and I like how he also kind of went back to being what he wanted to be afterwards. Yeah, too. like it wasn't like he suddenly decided this is how I'm going to be. Like he went back to his true self after. And I think he even said like he's like maybe like I think he said, like, he'll keep his beard short or, like, something where he's, like, let me find out what I want to be and how I want to dress and we'll go from there. Not how other people want me to or how I was expected to. Like, let me see what I'm feeling. And I mm-hmm. love that. Especially. Yeah. Also making love- the compromises. And then I love the little, like, side plot with him getting the account for the lingerie company and having to deal with that. That was so adorable. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was so funny. And I love how the women were like, no, we're going to keep you because we also – because it was – yeah, it was – it was lingerie lingerie for bigger women and they were like we're also used to people looking at us and treating us like shit because of how we look you you get us 
Yeah. So we're going to keep you. And <laughs> I like how, like, religiously he was like, okay, um, I'm going to do this. Is, uh, uh. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, was having, like, a... But he was still, like... But it's my job, and well, he, you know what I mean? He like, also told him, he's like, you know what? Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but, like, I'm not qualified for this. Like, this isn't even in my job description. And it's like, I just want to make sure that you're getting someone that can absolutely deliver what you expect from us. And I hate yeah. to be that person when I don't feel like I am. And they were just like, no, 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 like you're exactly the person that we need. And he was like, okay, like, let's see how this goes. Managed to deliver on what was, I think, one of the biggest accounts for the company, too, no? So yeah. it was a major deal. This wasn't, like, a new client. This was Well, huge... it was a major deal, and the boss didn't know it was a major deal when she gave him the job. Like, she literally, like, it, she saw it was a lingerie company, and she was like, I'm going to fuck with him. <laughs> make him want to quit and she gave him the account and then afterwards like her boss was like hey good job getting that big deal like they're huge this is great and she's sitting there like oh shit oh yeah and she's what did like, i do and she's like the whole time telling what was her name clara the hr manager who was not doing her job that effectively to be honest the minute the minute she opened her mouth i was like clark <laughs> what the fuck are job. you doing right this is your job like which i mean like excuse i mean it was fun to read that in the end she does get her comeuppance um yeah the supervisor not clara <laughs> you know and like to see that he actually got to like um like, save himself as opposed to, like, what she was planning for him. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can't imagine realistically what actually does happen in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, true. Once again, as a white woman, I have never been put in that position of my religion being an issue. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't know. Yeah, same here. Um, uh, not a white woman, but don't dress religiously. <laughs> So we, she and Khalid meet at a, um, Khalid is kind of coerced into going to a bar that he didn't know was going to be. It was bar. a lounge. Was, Thank you, Megan. It was a lounge. It was a, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was a lounge with some drinking, I Thank guess. Thank you. Thank you. And much more classy. <laughs> Clara told him that, like, she, because after, like, hearing her boss kind of be a bitch, she's like, listen, like, you need to really, like, get on your co-worker's good side. Like, you really need to, like, settle yourself in here. She convinces him to go, and um, he sees Aisha. <laughs> he fucking and, talks a mad oh shit about no. her. <laughs> oh, God. Like, what kind of Muslim girl would frequent a bar? What, what kind <laughs> of good Muslim girl would freak, like, would come here? And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, and she overhears, and so she gets up on the mic for a poetry slam, and basically goes up there and writes a poem that's, I'm cool, you're not, yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue, you suck, 
I yeah, don't right. care what you think of me. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Um, obviously, she says it in a poem and way more, better than that. But and she's like looking at him as he as she says it, and like just like Darcy, Khalid's like, oh shit. I'm in the <laughs> like. Oh, who's this? <laughs> she hates my gut. How you do it? <laughs> and they meet again when she goes to the mosque because she's supposed to meet with her cousin Hafsa. 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 Yeah. I say yes with such confidence, and yet that's just how I thought it was pronounced. Um, she goes to meet. See, she's supposed to meet her cousin Hafsa at um, the mosque because her cousin um, and her uncle and that family are the quote unquote rich side of the family. Like they put a lot of money into the mosque. Like I think they're like the only. They said they were the like their family was the reason the mosque was even built. Um. And Hafsa just um, entered the marriage market, and she has set the goal of rejecting a hundred men. <laughs> she wants to get a hundred like, proposals power, and be like, "Fuck off!" You know what? Power to you. Like I was, I heard that, and I was like, "You go, girl! Like yeah. you go!" And um, but. She also was like, ooh, I think I want to be an event planner. And her dad finally, like, put, um, said he would, like, give her money to, like, start this uh, career if she, I think, like, got involved with the mosque like that. And because, and so she, Aisha and Hafsa were supposed to meet at the mosque. Hafsa never showed up. And Aisha was mistaken for her, and so Hafsa got, like, the money from her dad as well as the accolades for showing up and, like, being a part of the planning while Aisha's being like, thanks for not showing up for your cousin, girl. Even though she's the one actually there. But um, Khalid and everyone else there assumes that she is her cousin, and she kind of just, like, keeps it up because... She feels like she has to help her cousin out for her uncle's sake because her uncle has helped the family. Her uncle paid for her education. And she's like, I need to do what I can to help this family out. And so Khalid is falling for Aisha thinking that she is... um, Actually Hafsa. Hafsa. Yeah, Hafsa. And um, I mean, all is fine until his mom also until Khalid's mom who this whole time wanted to find him a wife and he's okay with her finding him a wife um it's part of that traditional thing um she wants him to get with uh Hafsa Hafsa because of the rich family even and his family is rich as well so she's like we gotta put rich and rich together because that's what we Mm -hmm. rich folk do because we got to keep the poor people down. And um, <laughs> and so when she says, like, Khalid, like, I'm going to get you uh, engaged to Hafsa, he's like, yeah, okay, great. And, and her knowing that 
who he thinks is Hofsa is actually your cousin. And she's like, oh, I'm going to yes, use this to my knew. advantage. Like, you're getting married to Hofsa. And him being like, hell yeah. And she's like, <laughs> like, yes. just plotting in the corner. So, like, yeah, Her so, like, unhappy. while Hofsa is helping, like, plan this mock- mosque event, Khalid's helping, they're falling in love, and his mom finds out what Aisha's doing, and instead of being like, dude, that is her cousin that you're in love with. She's like, why don't you get married to Hafsa? <laughs> and he's, and he literally like showed up to the engagement party still thinking Aisha was her cousin. It was so sad when he was, was like, so I thought you sad. would journal for your poetry. <laughs> and she's like, knowing that it's her cousin he's getting married to. I'm like, why don't you say something? <laughs> So, this is the part that, this is around where I stopped loving it, I would say. Like, this is the part where I stopped, like, thinking it was great. Like, this is where I started getting more of my problems. One of them being Hafsa. When we first met her, she's shown to be, a like, spoiled, kind of, like, flighty. All of a sudden, she's... Very manipulative. Oh, yeah. Very, very vindictive. I felt that, too. Which I didn't see, and I was like, where is this coming from? Yeah, I totally pegged her as just, like, a spoiled rich kid, and then she suddenly was like, oh, like, you're in love with my cousin. Like, fuck you. Um, yeah, like, she literally was only wanted to get with Khalid. Like, she only suggested Khalid because Khalid's mom said, you know, your cousin thinks she can get him. Yeah. And Hasso is like, well, now he's mine. <laughs> She's like, fuck the hundred proposals. This is where we're ending it. Right. And yeah, I felt that too. I feel like this is also around the time that like, I hate the trope of miscommunication where all yeah. you need two characters that really just tell each other what's happening. Instead, like the author just lets them lets chaos ensue. And I I was waiting for this moment, but it was so more like depressing. And on top mm-hmm. of all of the other plot points that just pop up in the last third of the book, it just felt very yeah. like well, because the last third of the book is, like, when it was, like, oh, yeah, by the way, this yeah. is a retelling. Yeah. And I think that's where you lost a lot of the, like, like the smooth oh. flow of the first two-thirds of the mm-hmm. book and what was just naturally, like, the story that the author was writing versus, like, yeah. like oh, like, how do I feel, put in Pride and Prejudice in yeah. the last third and how it ends? Yeah, because so we suddenly get that Wickham character of... Um, Tarek. Is it Carrick? Tarek. Tarek? Yeah. Tarek, sorry. So you get that Tarek character who is, like, he has a company that, like, does this um, big... Or he works for the company like that does a this big Muslim... Um, um, I don't know if it's non-profit. Maybe it's non-profit. But, like, they do, like, a big Muslim um, convention every year. And he was sent to, like, that's, and that is what Aisha and, um, Khalid are helping to plan. And, um, 
he sits yeah. there and he obviously like he's, he's got that like douchey kind of like oh yeah like talk shit about Aisha that- Mm-hmm. But also hits on her, but, doesn't he? A lot of the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. oh hey mom. And yeah, and we also like he 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 knows Khalid. Like he knows Khalid and his family, but Khalid doesn't really know him. Um, and he knows something's up when Tarek asks Khalid about his sister, who that was another plot point we'll get to, but um. He is the Wickham character, and because suddenly, like, that last two-thirds, this is a retelling, Hafsa decides, I'm going to run off with him and live with him, even though this is totally out of nowhere, and I didn't show that this was anything I would do to... Well, I guess she did because she had that one boyfriend, but... Yeah, but that was, this like... This was, like, an extra step. That went from, like, zero to 100 really quickly. Like, it did. Like, it made sense for her that obviously having all these proposals and, like, you know, expectations of getting married to want, like, a side piece and, you know, want to chill at the mall. Like, that was such a, like, teenager thing to do. But, like, yeah. to suddenly be like, I'm going to get married to this man because he's in love with my cousin. And I'm going to run off with this other man. Like, let's go. It was like, okay, like, yeah. this is a little crazy. Like, I know teenagers yeah, are like, emotional beings. But, like, damn, girl. <laughs> how old was she? Like, was she 18? I think she was actually, like, 21, actually. You're 22. I was going to say, why are you calling her a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of from Pride and Prejudice. What's her name? Lyria? Sorry, yes, yes, like, Lydia. Lydia. Like, that's something she would do. But, yeah. you know, like, well, cause for she her was character. Well, because she was a teenager. She was 16. Lydia was sense. 16. But for Hapsa, yeah. it was just kind of like, I don't know, like, the age just kind of threw me off. And the fact well, the age, the family, like, and what we had seen of her before, like, I... And, okay, so Khalid breaks it off. Like, Khalid's like, listen, I'm traditional, but, like, I can't do this. Like, I don't love you. I have feelings for your cousin. Like, you don't even want to be with me. Like, so he breaks it off, and she's like, she does the whole, like, hey, you're not breaking up with me. I'm breaking up with you. That's what I'm going to tell everyone. And then she, like, disappears with Tarek. And, like... I mean, I guess you can make the excuse that because, you know, she hasn't, you know, she grew up um, sheltered. She doesn't really have much experience with the outside world, you know. So, you know, she's not, she's never been in, you know, any situation, lived outside the home, um, in anything where she would have to make independent decisions in a logical manner. But that feels like I'm making excuses for the author when the author, you know, has to... Yeah. You know, incorporate that into her character to where I can believe it without needing to make those extra steps myself. And I also feel like another character that suddenly got evil that was kind of out of nowhere was Khalid's mom. Yeah. It, that was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, like it was like a little mystery side plot of whatever happened to his sister and I was interested. Well, not even just that. I'm talking about like the mosque and wanting the lead of the mm. mosque thrown out. Yeah, that was fucking. And all that money. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Aren't they 
new to this neighborhood. Like, she's kind of, like, she's kind of ballsy to, like, suddenly think she can be in charge when, like... (laughs) And the way Tarek was, like, I'm going to expose her as the wolf she is. Like, I know she'll do Mm -hmm. this. And the fact that she just didn't check the USB beforehand to just make sure there was good evidence on there. I was like, I was like, this feels like something out of a cartoon with an evil yeah. supervillain. <laughs> yeah, it just it came out of nowhere. Like I feel like I feel like the plot could have done without that. Like I feel like I don't know. I I didn't think it was needed. It felt kind of out of nowhere and um yeah. It didn't like move the plot forward, really. Like it didn't like make you be like, oh, Tarek's such a bad person. Like, yeah, he did something shitty. And he could have done... He could have just taken the money from the Moss Convention. um, Just run off. And just run off. Yeah, and he would have been bad... Like, that would have been bad enough. Like, you didn't need to have this added mom thing. Yeah. Unless, like, I guess she was trying to get Khalid out of the mother's thumb. Like, out from underneath her thumb. But I feel like he was already starting to do that. I mean, I know he was trying to, right? One of his motivations was getting revenge for Serena. This is Tarek. That yeah. and She's talking about Tarek. For what? Well, because I brought up Khalid, and then you oh. said his reasons, and I was oh, yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah. get confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, Tarek, like, he, I know he was trying to get revenge for Khalid's sister, Serena. And so I get why he was not a fan of the mom and why he did not like her at all. But it felt like too much. I felt like he could have done anything else that wasn't as complicated um, if he even needed to have such motivation. Because it seemed like, like, I mean, I guess I imagine a community like this isn't like, you know, that big and like so common, but it did seem a little too small world where, like, of course, he's the one that, like, all this happened with yeah, so many like, years ago. But then that goes with the Jane Austen retelling again. Yeah. Like, Jane Austen, like, it's, that's part of the trope in Jane Austen is, I guess oh, my true. God, this is a small world. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's part of that retelling aspect, I think, which it can be a criticism, you know? Yeah. Like, we've already said that we think the retelling aspect is kind of a criticism. It felt forced, yeah, in this little, mm-hmm. like, scenario. Or it just didn't and feel so that to go, Yeah. And let's talk about um, the Serena um, plotline then. So this whole book, Khalid is talking to, well, mess- like emailing, right? His mm-hmm. sister. They don't talk on the phone or anything like that. His sister had been brought to... Um, India? Is it Pakistan? India or Pakistan? I think it's India. I think it's India. India. She was brought to India um, a couple of years earlier, and we learned that she had been very, uh, she had been fairly rebellious. Mm -hmm. uh, And all of a sudden, like, his parents bring her to the airport. Like, no, her mother goes to India with her, and she comes back without her. And he says that that kind of broke his father. His father dies a few years later. And, um, like, no one, his mother doesn't talk about his sister. And we find out that um, his sister had gotten pregnant. 
Um, and she was brought to India where she had to get an abortion. Her mother, mother forced her to get an abortion. And then she was married to a cousin, right? A cousin or... Yeah, someone in the family. Cousin, second cousin, like someone in the family, like distant or I don't know. Um, but she was married to someone. It was an arranged marriage. And, um... She is always asking Khalid for money, and he sends it. And we get the impression that, like, her life is not good because in, like, she's, one, she's always asking for money, and two, she always sends the emails with something that she misses about Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, And then her emails stop, and then she's suddenly there. Like, after this whole, like, mosque debacle, um, his mom kind of, like, going cuckoo for Coca Puff. <laughs> she shows up, and we find out, we find out about what happened. Like, we find out about the abortion and the marriage. Um, and, she, but she tells us it's, her marriage is actually a happy one. Um, it took a while, but she did fall in love with her husband. Her husband is a good man. Um, she does have, she is pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she is pregnant with a girl. And so she was asking for that money because she wanted to come back to Toronto because she wanted better for her daughter um, and, and her husband. Mm-hmm. And her husband's family was much like um, Khalid's mom. So... She and her husband wanted to emigrate, and so that's what they were doing. And Tarek, it turns out, is actually the boyfriend who got uh, Zarina pregnant. The first time, not this time. Yeah, that first time. Sorry, <laughs> that first time, like that for that that time that made her the time that made, like she had to get an abortion for. Yeah, and um. So he knows that, like, in his mind, he, uh, Zarina was forced to go and marry. Like, he's not wrong about any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he decides to get revenge on her, Zarina and Khalid's mom then. And that's why he sets up this whole thing with telling um, Khalid's mom that the mosque leader was actually stealing the funds from the convention and he has proof and you can show this. Here's a USB and show this to everyone in the mosque when you can. And, um, and then that's when he disappears with Hafsa. And instead of like when he disappears with Hafsa and her, being like that guy was not a good judge of character um (laughs) she still continues with the plan like she still takes a usb and then shows it to everyone and he basically like goes on this woman is a terrible woman she's the devil and you shouldn't listen to the things she says all she cares about is taking people down in power and yeah (laughs) you know like as you're it was just a lot as you're recounting like like i feel like I, one thing that, you know, Jalaluddin does really well 
is I love how she has such a wide cast of characters and a lot of them have their own shit going on to where if she really wants yeah. to do a spinoff like on any of these characters, she really could. I think the issue with Tarek is he's so one-dimensional and I don't find him believable as a character to where like he feels like it feels like he's in there as a plot device than as an actual person that exists and has his own motivations. And I think that's what I struggle most yeah. with him, especially with the presentation yeah. and all this shit. Like, it doesn't feel like he's like, you know, like Serena, like, you know, wanting to reconnect with her or like, you know, that he has all this like past trauma from what happened or like, you know, what he went through. Like, I imagine she went through a lot worse, but just what he had to deal with. Um, but instead, it's just pure revenge, and it feels so one-dimensional because we don't really get to see much from him besides that. And I think yeah. that's what and, I really didn't but, like. And to add to that, though, just to add to that one-dimensional, let's keep making him evil, <laughs> while he has Hafsa with him, he makes pornographic pictures of yeah. her and puts them on the internet. Exactly. And... You know, I feel like he could have... I feel like it should have been one or the other. It should have been him running off with her and doing the pornographic pictures. Or it should have been him taking the mom down. Exactly. Um, exactly. I Having them do both, it just felt like a lot. Yeah. And I was like, when did this guy sleep? <laughs> and Like, it didn't speak to the complexity of his character. It just felt like two different people that were made to do, like, mm-hmm. um, like two different kinds of actions in the same character. And it's like, no, like, this yeah. is, this isn't how, yeah. like, interesting of a person he is. This is just like, mm-hmm, like, I don't know, like, like, he should have been flushed like out she- a bit more. Yeah, I feel like if he had been flushed out a bit more and if he had been, like, I don't know, maybe more charming or something, I could have been more on board with Hafsa running off with him and him coercing her with those pictures. Like, that would have made more sense to me. I I just feel like that kind of got... I feel like that part of it just kind of got cut short, so it made it really hard to believe. Yeah, like, I feel even with the other characters who had very short, like, time on the page, I feel like I could understand where they were coming from, what they were thinking. Even um, characters like their mom, Farsana, who was, like, you know, she was kind of, she wasn't the true villain of the story, but she did have a lot of, like, evil actions. And I could still imagine a person like her in real life. Whereas Tarek, it was just kind of, like, cartoon villain yeah most of the time yeah (laughs) so i do want to like stress like i didn't hate this book or even dislike it i did like this book i'm glad i read it and i think this book is really important um especially Mm -hmm. because we do get a lot of the muslim culture and we do got like she does usurp um a lot of the preconceived stereotypes that you might get Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, Aisha's uh, Abba, I think she called him, right? Abba, um, her grandfather, was a Shakespeare... Like, he's always quoting Nana. Shakespeare. and Because yeah. he was a Shakespeare... Uh, was it Nana? Yeah. Sorry, Nana. Uh, was Abba grandma? No, she was Nani. Nani? Damn it, where am I getting... Nani? Yeah. I, I think... <laughs> I think Abba... Where am I getting Abba? <laughs> I think Abba might be another, like, family role. Was it like her a father? Sibling. Was it her father? Uh-huh. Okay. But, um... So, her grandfather... Uh... Nana, you said, right? Yeah. 
uh, he was a Shakespearean professor, and he was always quoting Shakespeare. And he's oh. a very smart man. And I feel... What? It means older sister. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, Abba does? Yeah. Oh. I, 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 I remember that word from Bridgerton. Sorry. Oh, really? In <laughs> uh, Spanish, Abba yeah. is like father. So, uh, and then Nana, oh, okay. like, it's like in English where it's like grandmother. So I was like, wait, it's mm-hmm. grandfather? Okay. Yeah, it's, it was throwing me off like that too. Um, but anyway, so Nana, he was a Shakespearean professor, always quoting Shakespeare. Like, I feel like when you think of Shakespearean professor, you don't immediately go to a Muslim man. Like, mm-hmm. um, um, you had um, even with uh, Zarina and her marriage, you know, because we were like, oh, because it was an arranged marriage, her parents made her do it. Like, mm-hmm. he must be an awful man and it must be a horrible marriage. And she comes back and is like, no, I actually fell in love with him. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like the greatest beginning. Like, but she but did say it helped her mature and I did fall in love and make better mm-hmm. decisions, which she wasn't doing when she was a teenager. And like, you know, yeah. good intentions, bad execution, but, you know, it did help her at least. Um, in some way. And yeah, like like I said earlier, I think one of the things this author did really well is her character like development. And like overall, even with the big cast characters, she did a really good job. And they were very interesting yeah. to read about. Especially all these yeah. little like side plots, especially with her grandmother and how with um Aisha's grandmother and how, you know, she didn't want to um force herself into what was happening and like all the little scenes with her and with uh, Aisha's grandfather of like quoting Shakespeare like I love seeing the representation on the page and it really did mm-hmm. feel like someone accounting their life to where these characters aren't just like like typically they're just usually like one one characteristic is blown up like a lot like oh they're really like into computers you're always going to see them into computers like no like these People had like own little things going on, like their like their own little personality shine through in the little segments they were on the page, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why so um, much of the book was good. Yeah, because well, another part of that too was Aisha's mom. Um, Aisha's mom was a um, emergency room nurse who she had worked her ass off to get her degree, to get her certification, and get her job. Um, and we, she, her mom, like, hardly talks about Aisha's father. She hardly talks about him. And she kind of talks about marriage in an almost disparaging way. Mm. And once again, it's like, we have that thought of, like, oh, it must have been an arranged thing. And it must have hated each other. Or, you know, because mm. um, Aisha's father is dead. And they moved, um, Aisha and her family, uh, her mom moved them from India to Toronto to be with um, the grandparents. Mm-hmm. And the family because of that, um, only to find out from uh, Nanny and Nana, uh, Nana that no, it was a love match. They chose each other, and um, the reason that she acts the way she does is because she was she had been so in love with him, and he was taken quite suddenly. He was taken. During the, um, the, um, when, when they split up India, uh, from India to Pakistan, 
Um, and there was a huge amount of, was it that? Oh, I don't remember. I might've been lying. That wasn't it. <laughs> that happened way earlier. <laughs> I take it back. Um, it happened. Oh my gosh. Something happened. Oh, oh, it was the, um, some mosque had been bombed and must, and it started this huge, like this, like one of the oldest mosques or something temple had been bombed and it caused this huge rift between, um, Hindus and Muslims and a lot of fighting broke out and many people died over a course of a few days, mm -hmm. including a lot of journalists and he was a journalist and um, he was, and he was killed. And so her mom, like, it was such a rude awakening. She was like, I have no way to support my kids. We're alone. Like, mm -hmm. she just didn't want that for Aisha. Like, that's why she was told, she wanted Aisha yeah. to get her degree. She's like, she's like, do not make it so you can't support yourself. Like, do not yeah. make, like she was being very realistic. So it wasn't because she had some horrible marriage. It was because she went through a very traumatic event. Yeah. And she just wanted like the best for her child in that situation too. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's one of the things that I love too, is that, you know, in the back, like her mom isn't even in the book for most of it. She rarely, she pops yeah. up once in a while, but you still have Aisha dealing with what happened to her father and um, how it impacted her mother especially and um, how even her grandparents tried to make her understand and like, you know, um, what happened before. And I thought that was a really interesting side <clears throat> plot. Yep. So um, I think that's it. Like, I think we can both say like, Storytelling wise, it's she. It was great, like with these side little plots, the character development, and everything like that. It was really just when she tried to lean into that retelling aspect yeah. towards the end that I really thought it did a disservice to this book. Yeah, and to her writing because I think most of it was like phenomenal. It was just like trying to yeah, go back towards the to end Pride there. and Prejudice. Yeah. But I mean, as much as we spoke on like what we didn't like, like it. It, it was a really good book. I'm glad we did it. Mm -hmm. it I still I still recommend it to Pride and Prejudice fans or even just fans who want to see more Muslim rep representation. I definitely mm -hmm. recommend it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say that I can think of. Uh, same. <laughs> so we hope you all liked the um, our little our chat, the episode. Uh, if you would like to share your thoughts on this book at all, um, please shoot us a DM or shoot us an email. Denise will tell you where you can reach us. <laughs> yeah, you can find us on Instagram and what's our other social media account? Twitter. Twitter <laughs> at BookHoard Which Pod. we might have to get rid of because of Elon Musk, but. Oh, yeah. We're getting off. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> at Bookhord Pod, no spaces. And you can also send us an email at bookhordpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah. You know, rate us five stars or um, oh, what the heck? A thumbs up, wherever you like to listen. <laughs> like, follow, subscribe. Um, like, subscribe. Leave a nice review. Tell, <laughs> tell your friends about us. That's always nice. And yeah. So I'm Megan. 
I'm Denise, and this has been Book Horde Pod. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> bow, bow.